This is Indulge with Amanda Luberto, a non-guilty podcast about guilty pleasures. Right before Taylor Swift's album Folklore came out in July of last year, I sat down with Dominic Contronio, and we talked about his non-guilty guilty pleasure of pop music. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Indulge With for updates on guests and episodes and comment on what your guilty pleasure is that you are not guilty about. Thanks for listening. Well, uh, hi, Dom. Welcome to Indulge with Amanda Luberto. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Amanda, I am honored, and I do not take that lightly to be here. Yeah, you're the first person I've had in my house in, uh, I think, six months. Um, Well, I brought you here today because when I think of, like, a guilty pleasure that is not felt guilty on, I think of you and pop music. Let me start with a definition, though. Let's hear it. Because pop music, to me, most folks will say, whatever, it's top 40, it's it's on the radio, and they're not wrong. In my view, pop music is, if it turns on and you know the words or you know the melody, that's pop music. I don't care if there's, you know, there's obviously genres and, and everything with it, but if you can turn on the song and know what it is and know what's coming, that is popular music. Now, if you want to get specific in the genre of pop music, then yes, just follow the four chords and boom, that's pop music. I think that another personal qualification of like pop music, whether it's, you know, pop top 40 or rock pop or indie pop or, you know, now we're seeing like dance pop, like that kind of stuff, like using electronic music. Mm-hmm. If you could put it in an old school uh, iPod commercial, it's pop music. 100%. <laughs> Think about like the the Apple bump, if you will, that so many of these songs had. Like, remember on iTunes and a new a new iPod commercial come out with the dancing silhouettes and the colors? Like, exactly. You what looked I'm up that song immediately. Totally. Exactly what I'm thinking of. And I think like the indie pop, like alt pop zone is car commercials. <laughs> like yeah. there was a good black keys run for a while there yeah it's a lot of uh matt and kim like very original like early 2000s you know vampire weekend was i think in like a kia commercial and that's like what made them you know go from just like the alt indie scene to like everyone kind of knowing who they are yeah. and uh oh, so yeah. yeah i think i know commercials exactly you're talking about too <laughs> and then there's there like a matt and kim commercial with bacardi I I'm sure that introduced me to Matt and Kim. So like, it's totally going to your point that that does have power of being in pop culture to make people want to digest more. And I think that that was such a beautiful organic way in the early 2000s before streaming and, you know, having to go out and put your money where your mouth is to go support an artist. So we were um, talking about kind of like definitionally what is pop music, but something that I think is kind of universal is that pop music is seen as a guilty pleasure and is you know the whole reason this podcast is like i don't think it's viable for people to feel shame about the things that they like i think it's ridiculous but i feel that you know people before would say like oh you know don't tell anyone but like this Katy perry album kind of rocks but why do you think popular music and pop music specifically is considered to be a guilty pleasure well think of it from my background as a straight white looking male you know like no one would expect me to enjoy pop music to the way I do. Now, don't get me wrong. I listen to literally everything, and you can vouch for that. Yeah. Literally everything. I, I mean, literally on my way here, I was listening to, re-listening to Logic's new album, you know, which is kind of ironic that I'm listening to a rap album getting ready for a pop podcast. <laughs> but I, I listened to everything this week. Like Sam Hunt's album, I've listened to uh, Grimes' album, which was interesting it was fine uh, it was fine exactly <laughs> uh and I, I i'm all over the place and my spotify discover weekly is just a beautiful place i love my friday my new music friday i get so excited every time friday hits so um yes it's not a guilty pleasure for me i understand why but do the people that say it's a guilty pleasure or like are embarrassed that they like pop songs I'm like well do you enjoy michael jackson yeah yeah do you like the beatles yeah yeah well like these are like the kings like this is pop music. This is pop music. This is the history of pop music. Like it, 
in maybe embarrassing in the moment and like with your friends like that one friend you look to in a in a good light like oh he doesn't like that song or she doesn't like that song you're like yeah i don't like it either yeah and then (laughs) totally and then five years down the road it comes on in a club and you're like oh my god remember this song this was great you know so that's where i come with pop circle get like get that out of the way sooner as opposed to later like enjoy the song now enjoy the album now so that when it comes on later and someone says hey you remember when Oh, oh gosh, that, that the second album for Bruno Mars, that was really good, wasn't it? And then you can just go off because that's that's how I do really. I I still do that to this day. The second album for Bruno Mars is really good. Unorthodox Jukebox is my favorite album. Like, yeah, so. I, I would agree with that. So that's actually a very interesting person to bring up because I think that he has like the dichotomy of modern pop music is his first album, while very catchy and sold a lot of things and was very re- ready for the radio didn't feel like didn't feel human like it it was very cliche there was like you know the same similar beats were kind of going on and like yes this one's the love song and then this one's the fun song and like yada 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 and I had kind of I mean at this point I was also very deep into my like being an indie asshole like I (laughs) who's this Bruno Mars guy yeah like (laughs) I don't listen to that music blah 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 which I've grown out of of course but uh that first album to me while catchy like didn't feel impressive and then that second album it kind of was like he proved that he could sell music and then he got to write his own music it felt like yes and that second album i was like whoa there's horns there's blues influence there's jazz there's like this kind of pop there's r&b there's like there's so much more going on and it was like so fun and it felt like Bruno as a human made this album and like I that album is so good in comparison to the first one in my opinion I agree and but get this so doo-wops and hooligans was the first album yeah he got nominated for six Grammys on that album I'm sure (laughs) didn't win a single one he won two Grammys for fuck you CeeLo Green but like (laughs) think about that he didn't win a single Grammy for his own album but his songwriting ability was revealed in the biggest single hit of that year. Yeah. And then he says, oh, I'm going to do this on my own this time with, you know, his shampoo, press, and curl crew and unorthodox jukebox drops. And that's where you get Locked Out of Heaven, When I Was Your Man, Treasure. So uh, many fun songs. These so much, oh, it's just, it's so eclectic and so much fun. That really, and I got to see that that tour live. And that's, I got locked in. That was before he did the Super Bowl and really, really entered the mainstream mm-hmm. and made 24 Karat Magic what it kind of is now and that it had to be this big, grand, you know, incredible follow-up given the success that Unorthodox Jukebox brought. He delivered, man. He, yeah. he delivered. Yeah, definitely. So uh, do you think that society has kind of changed its mind on pop music or that we are just now in the right age group to have grown out of, like, thinking that pop music is like something you should be ashamed of. I don't think society grew out of it. I think the music industry grew out of it. And let me explain, meaning that I think the music industry with the rise of streaming realized, oh, these people can listen to whatever they want now. Radio won't tell them what to listen to anymore. Yeah. And they're going to go to their, you know, artists that they love or, you know, album that they love. And we're going to directly see the metrics on that. You know, there's, there, you can't hide those numbers of how many times somebody clicked play on a certain song. Mm-hmm. And you look at the top hits playlists on Apple Music and Spotify, they are all over the freaking place. Would you call all that pop music? It, it depends on your definition like I started the podcast with. Like, if people are listening to it and it's popular, in my opinion, that's pop music. Yeah. If you want to get into the subgenre of pop music and it's not following, you know, the A, G, C, A minor chord or the A, G, C, um, you know, E chords, mm-hmm. like then, all right, cool. That's a subgenre. That's its own pop music. That's what you and I know of bubblegum pop or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But if the music's popular and the music industry caught on, like, oh, people will listen to what they want and that will make it in the mainstream. Like Juice World has the number one album in America right now. Think about that. Yeah. Juice World. And he's fantastic. Is that pop music? No, he's a he's a rapper, and you know, may he rest in peace. But like, that was such a great piece of work, and it's a shame that he couldn't share it live or things like that. But you have to be far pressed to find a true pop album, because as at the time of recording, 
Folklore will be on this week's chart. It's yeah. not out yet, but Folklore will undoubtedly debut at number one. It's the only thing the internet's talking about, it feels. It's gonna, it's, <laughs> there's not a pop album, a true pop album, in the top ten this week right now. So it's yeah. like, well, how, how do you define pop music? If it's in the top ten of Billboard's Hot 200, I think it's pretty popular. Yeah. I think that uh, something that I like to think about, especially with music, but pop music specifically is... To me, pop music is very like a decade, decade by decade. Like if we go all the way back to the '60s, when we're talking about the Beatles. Like pop was like rock was pop, and then uh, in the '70s, I think like disco was pop. Yeah. And then the '80s is when you get like the true definition of pop. I think with like you know we mentioned Michael Jackson. I always think of Madonna. Yeah. You know, you get Cyndi Lauper. Like all of that is pop maybe like dance pop 100%. is like where you define it and then like you know in the mid 2000s we had like our early early 2000s was like r&b was pop like usher and like alicia keys like that was pop music and then in the mid 2000s i feel like you kind of had it to now is like hip-hop and rap are the most popular genres of music maybe tied with like the rising of how popular electronic is like like edm like Mm -hmm. is you can't have a pop song without edm right now right i came loaded by the way so like (laughs) here you look at this week's chart so i I mentioned juice world's got the number one album right now on billboard uh then you got pop smoke also hip-hop you know rap Mm -hmm. number two album then you got uh little baby's album is number five but here's number three you're not ready for number three. I'm not. I have no idea what you're going to say. Gaslighter by the Chicks. I love it. it. It's like, that just shows you, and know, know what's number four? The Hamilton soundtrack. That's like, not surprising. Is that not a perfect picture of America right there? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's what my feel is pop music. Is like, yes, you're absolutely right. Hip-hop is, I would say, king and queen right now. Because even look at, look at rappers like, you know, Cardi B and how she came onto the scene in 2017. And you look at now, Meg Thee Stallion, and just killing it. Uh, and then it, it, it's incredible to see in what Lizzo did last summer. Yeah. You know, dominated the summer. You know, there are women introducing themselves into hip-hop and into rapping. I think it's, I think it's just a beautiful thing. Do you think that there is still this sense that people who make pop music are simple and selling out? Do you think those two, two descriptions still define pop music or have we totally gotten past that? I think in a way, hear me out on this, and I'm going to use a great example I think you're going to really enjoy, that you ha- kind of have to play the game yeah. and then prove you're authentic. And the example I'm going to use is Kesha. Oh, my girl. She you, rocks. You had to play the game. She dominated like 2010 and 2011, yeah. right? She dominated. And the unfortunate circumstances she had to go through. Like, it's ridiculous to think about now what the record label and what Sony made her go through. Yeah. And with Dr. Luke and so many other artists are saying, like, this guy's an idiot. This guy's a jerk. Like, And also that still so many women have to go through that. There mm -hmm. are still so many women that are coming up in pop music right now that are still having to go through Sony and Dr. Luke specifically, even though it's like, there's literally lawsuits. Like. Yeah, it still is happening. And and boom, she drops another. She's dropped two albums now since she finally broke out of her contract, and they're both fantastic, in my opinion. And it's really opened up eyes. Like you were with Kesha from day one, I imagine. She is so fun. Yeah, it's fun. That's the key yeah. word, right? So, and that goes back to the original question: like, why should people be, you know, embarrassed of pop music? They shouldn't. It's fun. Like, like I said, it's going to come on, and you're going to be with a group of friends, or you're going to be somewhere, and it's like, oh my god, TikTok. Remember this song? Like. It's going to be one of those, and it brings you back to a nostalgic memory because pop has that, you know, connective thread, if you will, to that. It's so easy to remember. It's so easy to interpret. It's not meant to be layered or anything super crazy. And then if you really love this artist, you really love the song, you're going to dive in on your own. And that's where you get that fan base. Like, you coming from an indie asshole perspective, you're locked in on this band. Oh, my God, I've been with them since they were selling out of the back of their truck and yada, yada, yada. But, like... Who says pop music can't do that just because they went to that fame faster and got a record label faster doesn't mean they don't appreciate those fans as well. Do you think that there is still this sense within society that uh, pop music isn't artistic? I, I think that's fair. 
I, yeah. I do think that that criticism is fair. But to what I say to that, and I've mentioned the chords already a dozen times yeah. now. For those who don't know, it's like there's four chords in every pop song ever. Um, but there's like many YouTube videos about this. Yes, you exactly. You've seen mashups. You've you can yeah. look this up. This is not hard to find. But in to twist that, it, pop songs follow a formula, right? You follow opening verse, opening chorus, second verse, bridge, chorus. Boom. Yeah. 3.30. Get out of there. In fairness, like that's kind of a hard formula to follow given you still have to make it feel fresh each time. And yeah. if it's still working and people are enjoying it, then kudos to you. Because if you're going to only have to write two verses and you have to make them count, the bridge is really what sells at home and the chorus has to be memorable. You know, it's not it's not like a, a single for a pop track isn't going to be the same as like an album cut off of a good kid, Mad City, where you can really immerse yourself in the lyrics. You can focus on everything. You Kendrick could have Lamar. like you could have like a whole college course. Exactly. Studying Kendrick Lamar. Oh, my. It, it's just incredible that you can have these moments with the artists where you can feel intimate with them. But I think that's in your great. in your opinion, that doesn't mean that. I don't know. Well, I mentioned Katy Perry earlier. Is any less of an artist than Kendrick Lamar? I agree. Because I, I she agree. Li quite literally has a bubblegum pop album, totally like all candy, like all that kind of stuff. Teenage Dream, yeah. that album, man. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. Do you know that uh, Katy Perry is about to have Orlando Bloom's child? Oh, why? That's, uh, my, life her. that's my lifelong dream, if we're going to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I'm very jealous. That's so great. Oh, my God. <laughs> she could literally make whatever album she wants. I mean, she's, she's already winning in my life. I mean, and Katy Perry, like, to your point, she's kind of been consistent. Yeah. But obviously the accolades aren't there. But, like, VMA, she's got she got to do a Super Bowl halftime show. Everyone knows Katy Perry. Everyone knows Katy Perry. Everyone loves her songs. And, like, remember, think about how crazy society has changed in that when, what, I Kissed a Girl came out in, what, 2007? I have seen Katy Perry twice, and the first time I saw her was when she played Warps Tour. Wow! In the "I Kissed a Girl" phase, because she like was maybe going to become, uh, like Paramore esque, and then totally went in the pop direction. Love it. And yeah, and then I saw her like in a total pop production show, like on that tour. I think that it is as someone who wouldn't say that pop is in my you know top five favorite genres i would say that there are definitely people where i'm like that like i don't know who, who am i gonna pick you know any of the most recent maroon five albums i'll i'll say isn't music i would like voluntarily you know search in my spotify listen to you know hang out with all the time put it in my car but like adam levine knows how to write a pop song and I feel like there is definitely an art to that, to be like, this song is going to be popular. And maybe it is the producer. Like I think like Diplo really has his thumb on like what is going to be a very popular song from everything he's done independently, but like he produced uh, MIA Paper Planes, right. like the most popular song of like our gener like forever. Like, I can I know everybody listening right now is Humming it in it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is like one of the people where it's like behind every one of your favorite songs is a Diplo. <laughs> and that's like a Rick Rubin or Jack Antonoff. Correct. Or uh, the list goes on of just these incredible producers that people don't realize have all done this for everybody. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so incredible. I definitely think there is an art to making a good pop album. And you know what is... in this leads me perfectly to what was going to be one of my big points coming into this, making a good pop album and making a good pop album under pressure. Yeah. And there is one name that is above all others. Oh my God. Adele. Ooh. Yes. It has to be Adele. Yeah. So when she drops whatever her next project's going to be, there is going to be just incredible expectations. And quite frankly, everyone's expecting her to deliver. Yeah. She's yeah. only delivered every time. So why wouldn't she again? Exactly. And and she will become only the fourth artist ever to win three album of the years. I'm already giving her album of the year for the Grammys. I imagine it will when be. When it drops. But yeah. So she would be only the 
the fourth artist ever to win three album of the years. Yeah. And the other three are all men. <laughs> the other three are Paul Simon. Yeah. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And Frank Sinatra. That all makes sense. <laughs> and that, like, of course, put Adele's name on that list. So, like, <laughs> and when it comes to making a great pop album, was I think 25 is going to turn out to be, like, the album. 25 and 21. Like, you can interchange them. Yeah. 25 and 21 are going to turn out to be, like, the album of the 2000 through 2049. Yeah. I truly believe that. It will definitely be in the top 10. It, it, it can't be any list that doesn't have that in the top 10, given for 25 expectations after 21, and for 21 to come out just two years after 19, math, and <laughs> for 21 to come out and just dominate everybody yeah. and just be like, oh my God, I just want to sit in the rain and cry and enjoy it. Yeah. It's just an incredible expectation that very few artists can appreciate and deliver on. And Adele is absolutely, right now at this moment, the queen of pop music because the moment she drops a project, you will drop everything and listen to it. Yeah, I think that it's very interesting because like in the generation that we're in, obviously social media plays like such a big part in our lives that when you, like if someone stopped me on the street and was like, who's the queen of pop music? I think my answer would have to be Ariana Grande. And it's because I hear about her every day, not because her, I mean, her albums are, she's very talented. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't like pop music, you can't listen to her and be like, she has no talent. Like, even if it's not an album like, like the Maroon 5 that you're going to put on and like listen all the way through, I don't think I've listened to all of her songs, mm -hmm. but she's inignorably a talented artist. But then why can't I counter with that and say, what about your girl Lady Gaga? Wouldn't she be a better candidate to be queen because she's done it for longer and delivered each time? I think that Gaga had a lot stacked against her in the beginning. I feel like people who were in from day one would say yes, but most of society was like, not most, I mean, she was making tons of money and like winning tons of awards and, you know, continuously was making albums, but she hasn't made all pop albums, I'll right. say. And then she also, like there was like a, a large chunk of time where people were like this woman in a meat suit like what's going Does she on take this seriously <laughs> yeah. yeah and like she's also like she's ripping off madonna she's not original that was like a big conversation in the very beginning of her and like i can't i mean they always say like imitation is the greatest sign of flattery flat 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 flattery imitation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it, she took her influences and it was very obvious who she was influenced by. Yeah. And I think she's taken that and has created her own sound. And she very much is someone where it's like, this is a pop album. This is a pop rock album. This is now, you know, uh, an electronic album. And now I'm going to go do uh, like a j lounge jazz lounge album. Jazz with Tony Bennett. <laughs> yeah. And then now I'm going to, you know, do a country album. And also they're all going to win a Grammy. Like, I, I definitely think she's one of the most diverse as when it comes to talent but like i feel like ariana grande is is kind of the queen of someone where it's like i'm gonna make this like verse verse feature bridge court like that yeah. sort of structure she in elevates a track even if she's just a feature yeah or oh my god who's she gonna bring in on this album kind of yeah. thing which is fair then let me go back as well and i mentioned lady gaga being queen of pop i feel like mid to like 2008 to 2014, mm -hmm. the real queen at that time, even during Lady Gaga, was Beyonce. Yeah, and still, like, I mean, Queen Bey. Like, queen Bey. She's yeah. got the most Grammys for a female artist ever. Yeah. She deserves every single one of them. Probably deserves more. Yeah. And she can do whatever the hell she wants now. Totally. She doesn't need to be constrained into pop music. She doesn't need to keep making songs like Love on Top or songs you know like halo or like she doesn't need to do that anymore she can do whatever the hell she wants yeah so i'm ready for that moment to happen for the next you know pop artists and things like that people will say oh it's because jay-z like look lemonade was a masterpiece yeah masterpiece literal ma yeah absolutely like that might be her best album ever yeah and people are like well it's not the real beyonce I'm like no you're, you're wrong that's the real beyonce that's beyonce <laughs> yeah. that's what she's been wanting to bring out and she still showed off the chops with the vocals 
and yeah. the writing ability and the emotion and the voice. Like that, I can go on about how great Lemonade is. I can go on about how great, uh, like you know, Born This Way was for Lady Gaga. Yeah. I can go on about how great Fearless was for Taylor Swift. And that it brings back to a grander point that is women have always dominated pop music. Yeah. And maybe that's why people think it's a guilty pleasure, especially again as a straight male. Yeah, that was actually one of the questions I had is like pop divas versus boy bands. Like who is like when you think pop music is it's very easy to be like yes, you know, Ariana Grande but also I don't know, Charlie Puth. Like Right, like think <laughs> those, about the target those. audience target audience um for pop music, you would say is women, and in the demographic yeah. of eighteen to thirty-four, yeah, or even fourteen to thirty-four, you know, that these formative years and trying to get them to be super fans and the fan armies and all that, like, it, it's for for me, I think with boy bands in specific, they will never die. Yeah, there will always be a new one, and same thing with with girl groups. Fifth yeah. Harmony is, you know. Little Mix and yeah. all these. I mean, that ones. dates all the way back. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can go all the way back, you know, in the 60s and 70s. The Supremes. And exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Like, it creates so, every song you've ever liked. Exactly. So these things are reincarnated and being inspired from years past. So you look at, you know, One Direction, maybe the peak of the 2000s. Absolutely. Then you'll always have the debate of NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys. The One Direction had the beauty of not having to face anybody. Yeah. Not having to have real competition. Uh, but then you've got you know, you go back, obviously the Beatles are number one, then you got Beach Boys, and you got, you know, all this list and on and on and on in the 70s and 80s of just, oh my God, I'm all over these guys. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And I mean, never forget that George Harrison very famously said that he hated that performance most of all because he couldn't hear himself play guitar. He couldn't hear anybody else on stage. All he could hear was drones of screaming from teenage girls. That's insane. And like, that is, I would say most people would say that the Beatles are one of the most popular rock bands of all time. And while it's true, like they obviously evolved, like you cannot tell me that like chains and girls and I like see her standing there and I want to hold your hand. Like those are quintessential pop songs. Like Abbey Road still charts to this day. Yeah. I, I mean, I listen to the Beatles today. Like, they're my favorite. They're my favorite band, and they broke up like twenty something years before I was even born. And you know, now I would say the boy bands of today is K-pop, which is thank you, thank you, thank you for saying they that. They have it's like the Beatles, and then probably like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. I may throw you know. 98 Degrees, you know, all those types of bands where people were, like, losing their minds over it. Like, And then the One Direction as, like, another staple, and then now K-pop. And, like, I mean, it's been, what, 60 years since the Beatles played their first songs in America, and <laughs> we still have boy yeah, bands. <laughs> exactly. And boy bands not from America. Yeah. Let's make that clear, too. Yeah. There's something so mysterious about you know, this boy band thing coming from another country. And BTS is... The biggest thing in music. It's incredible. Like, yeah. if hey, any social managers listening out there, just tweet something about BTS and your engagement will go through the roof. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. And, like, think about how smart, you know, brands are now to link up with BTS or Monsta X or any of these incredible oh. boy bands that are in K-pop or even uh, Blackpink and all these incredible groups that are just... You, you scroll through a Twitter thread long enough, you'll see some Stan, you know, yeah. going all crazy with the, a montage of what they do. I was just going to say, like, I mean, they're not a boy group, but they're a K-pop group. But I read somewhere the other day that, like, Blackpink is getting ready to, like, release their debut album. And I was like, <laughs> I crazy? feel like we've been hearing Blackpink for years. And I, I wouldn't say I'm, like, the most versed in current uh, upcoming pop music. That's the power of K-pop and that, like, the importance of the singles and the EPs. To get yeah. people wanting more and like get that this oh my god I need it kind of thing. Yeah, and like okay, so we were talking about like you know different genres of pop music and what pop music is today is a little bit more R and B, hip hop, rap kind of focused. And I would say it is without a doubt the most popular pop music song of last year was a country hip hop 
song with a cover from the K-pop band by a gay black man, also produced by Diplo. Yes. <laughs> like, what a whole mix. Take like, that in for a second. <laughs> you, can, you couldn't walk out your door without hearing Old Town Road or a remix of Old Town Road or Old Soul Road, the K-pop And hey, we're going to throw in this kid we found in a vine that yodels in Walmart. Correct. You know? He'll also be there. And like, I don't think I like physically typed in Old Town Road to listen to it ever in my life. And I've heard it maybe a thousand times. I agree. And it, it Lil Nas X really proved to the world like this pop can still be very organic. Yeah. That And even now with streaming, it always is organic, you can argue, in that people are going to click it. People are going to, someone, you may not be hitting play, I may not be hitting play, someone's hitting play. Yeah. And it's, the proof is in the numbers. And I'm listening to it all the time. Exactly. And I think part of that, you talk about like billboard records and streaks on number one and they broke the record. Yeah. Like, it makes it even more amazing that Mariah Carey held it on for that long in the 90s Mm -hmm. when you had to physically purchase an album or request it on the radio station. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you know, artists can make a campaign. Hey, keep streaming, you know, keep it on repeat and we'll be number one again and we'll break the record. Yeah. I love you fans. This is great. I think that's so amazing. I yeah. think that's, that's pop music and what it's supposed to be in that it's a huge general base. It's for the people. It's for the people. And that like for me, someone who listens to every genre and for you, someone who relatively stays in the alternative and indie route, yeah. You will still listen to a pop song. Oh uh, yeah. It, I pretty much have decided, I mean, I, like I, I mentioned earlier that like I have definitely grown out of my indie assholeness that mm-hmm. like I won't, you know, look the other way or scoff at someone that's like I really like this song that's popular. I'm like, you know, 10 years ago I'd be like you only like that song because it's popular, not because it's good. And I have, you know, since grown. And maybe like I asked, maybe it's me, maybe it's society, but like I would say that I listen to more or less any music that I feel like has depth. And, you know, whether that is Kendrick, as we mentioned, or Gaga, who is my queen and always has been. Mm-hmm. And there, when I first started putting this podcast together, I was like, do I have a solo episode about Gaga? Like, she was definitely, it was not cool for me to like Lady Gaga in, you know, 2009 right it was a polarizing thing yes you were either with her or against her especially when i was like like vampire weekend was my favorite band and i was like listening to like wilco and like like the arctic monkeys while they were still in you know england and then it like those people in my life were not like have you heard Fame Monster recently? <laughs> like, but I was also like at home being like, the, like you and I is the best written song of the whole I listened to that like, today because I saw your tweet about it. Oh my God, you and I is so good. incredible. It's so good. But there is definitely, I feel like, a, a turnaround on pop music. Yeah, I think people have realized it's cool to like it. Yeah. Does that mean it's, you know, still parts that you don't like or things that you won't listen to or projects. Yeah, that's fine. Everybody has those artists they won't listen to. Yeah. You know, like everyone has someone within a, you know, a genre that they just will not click play on. For me, in country, that's Florida Georgia Line. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it. You know, it's I, not grew, your thing. I, it, I have no disrespect to anybody who enjoys it. It is not my thing. Yeah. And it's a subjective thing at the end of the day. Yeah. And I can find myself humming along to a Florida Georgia Line song and it's fine. But like, I I have been completely uninspired by any one of their albums, but this isn't meant to trash Florida Georgia Line. No. Like, does that mean, I mean, if you talk about pop music, you have to talk about Taylor at some point. Yeah. I So that was like, when, when I was asking like, you know, men versus women in pop, are women more dominant or are men more dominant in pop? I think women are more dominant in true pop subgenre. Yeah. I think men are more dominant in wider based popularity. And okay. what I'll say by that is there are very few men that will own up to listening to a Taylor Swift album. Yeah. There are, it's kind of cool for a guy to say, yeah, I listened to the Harry Styles album. Yeah. 
You get what I'm saying? There? Harry Styles is cool. That's a society thing. Yeah. Harry right? Styles is cool and Taylor is like an issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of one way to put it. Unfortunately. Some people still think she's a snake, which is like, yeah. it's crazy in that I think with, with it being like men versus women kind of thing, what Dua Lipa said at the Grammys a couple of years ago when, uh, God, I'm blanking on his name, but the former president of the recording academy yes. said you know was asked like why aren't there any women nominees this year he's like well i guess they got to step their game up yeah never like, forget you what <laughs> like what he you're the president of the recording academy i would like to announce he was also swiftly fired after that yeah well he re- he like <laughs> announced his retirement yeah yeah thing. yeah um i'll never forget it because he had just announced like he had just did the um like the grammy cares promo um <laughs> at the grammys a couple years ago and then the immediate award after that was dua lipa presenting best new artist yeah and he goes, oh thanks whatever i forget his name i guess we really stepped it up this year and like yeah. said it you know like oh i loved it and so that's why i think like it does come systematically like yeah it, there's not a belief in the music industry that women can be a solo you know superstar and i think that's totally unfair because Pop is still absolutely dominated by the Taylor Swifts, the Lady Gagas, the the new ones that are coming out now yeah. too. Like it, it's incredible to think about how fast it's moving for anybody. Like I think of Alessia Cara, she yeah. came out of nowhere. She rocks. She absolutely came out of nowhere, and she's still authentic and true to herself. And she has her super authentic fan base, and yeah. she doesn't seem like she's going to change. But there is a massive popularity there that I think, as unfortunate as it won't match, you know, the fact that men and women will listen to a male artist, whereas a women artist, for some reason, there's a stigma that only women will listen to women. That, I yeah. think that's so stupid. But if you ask me, like, who are the top five, maybe even top ten most popular artists and right now, and maybe it's because I'm not as well-versed in the little babies of the world. But, <laughs> the baby. <laughs> and things like that. But I would say, you know, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Dua Lipa, uh, Cardi B, Charlie XCX, uh, Billie Eilish. Like, these are it, all we women. We haven't even said Billie Eilish to this point. That's it, an embarrassment. Yeah. But, and she then, just swept the four general field categories. Yeah, that's the fourth like, time that's ever, third time that's ever happened. I also think about, like, what we feel is eye roll, it's everywhere, radio, music, 10 years after the fact becomes iconic. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Think about like every song produced by Timbaland. Oh my God. From like 2000 to 2010. Or even uh, Pharrell. Yeah. Uh, equal. Like as far as like how much like you couldn't go anywhere to a point where you're like, does the radio play any other music? Is this, is this the part where we talk about Justin Timberlake then? Well, Justin Timberlake, I was thinking about the other day. He, he's the Harry Styles of his time. Minus the, like, femme <laughs> aspects. Right, yeah. But, like, take the biggest boy band of the time and then take the single, everyone left, and, like, try to do their own thing, but one stands out. Yeah. And, like, that is Harry Styles, and that is Justin Timberlake. And they're equal, I mean, they're both very, very talented and, and things like that. And I imagine, like, you know, 10, 12 years down the line, Harry will be you know, producing and supporting the next Harry Styles and like all those types of artists. But as far as like someone who can really do their own thing and had their own sense of music afterward, like JT's like, uh, like JT's solo music is similar, but also very different from the boy band music. Future Sex Love Sounds as an album set the tone, especially right off the bat with the title track, yeah, the first track, saying, hey, I'm grown up, deal with it. I'm someone new. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'm hot and I know it Yeah, kind of thing. Like this confidence that JT brought and kind of set the tone for any solo male in the, in the future. Like, hey, dude, it's okay to be confident and be like, yeah, I know women want me and yeah. kind of thing. Like Future Sex Love Sounds is a masterpiece in my opinion as well. It's his best work and nothing will come close to it. 2020 experience is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but... But Man of the Woods does not exist, in my opinion. Uh, I think that's Justified fair. is fine. Yeah. But, again, Future Sex Love Sounds is it, a masterpiece. And you, it will go down as a top 50 album of this, you know, 
25, 30 years. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't really talk about, like, music of the 2000s without talking about Sexy Back. Like, exactly. <laughs> it's just how it is. And I feel like JT definitely would you know, set the way for it's cool to know you're hot. Like, it's yes. not just the pretty boys and things like that. And then that became so, like, norm with, like, uh, I think of, like, when Zane first broke out of one direction and when nick jonas started making solo music it was very sexy it was very i know i'm the hottest person you've ever seen and all that kind of stuff and then harry styles was like what if i wear your mom's shirt and some <laughs> nail polish and then also you want to have sex with me <laughs> but i'll sing about our feelings and then the next song will be about how i want to have your baby like he i feel in kiwi the, might be my favorite song ever by him <laughs> he definitely took like okay cool now that everyone knows it's like cool to be hot what if it's cool to do something different and that's exactly what jt did yeah and you can even argue lady gaga did it before her time yeah like, I'm, I'm confident enough in my skin to do whatever the hell I want. And that's what I think men have always had the luxury to do in pop music. Mm -hmm. That I'm confident enough to do whatever the hell I want. Women have kind of had to like prove it first, which I think is unfair. Kind of going back to this 20 minutes ago point that you made about men versus women. Is there a competition in pop music? And I think that's where it kind of comes in. But we've seen that line blurred. Moving to like kind of a newer topic, what do you, and I've mentioned this a little bit, what do you think is the powerhouse decade of pop music? Whoa, that's a great question. And it kind of goes back to my original, you know, how do you define pop music? Yeah. And our thought of each decade has its own little sub-dominant genre yeah. of pop music. Because like, and again, I, I came with the numbers. Here's what's crazy to me. Like, obviously, I think the easy answer is the 80s. Yeah. Because of Thriller and because of Michael Jackson, because of Cindy Lauper, and because of the list goes on of 80s dominant, you know. Yeah. Not just because of our parents, but like everybody knows these songs. Yeah. Literally everybody. It's ingrained in American culture. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think 80s is the easy answer because, I mean, it, it was a happy decade and the music was great. There was technological advances and the clothing like reflected yes the brightness of music it was so good <laughs> and it's just like even the bad songs and the cult favorites the the rick astley's of the world yeah like, they still hold true today but even like the people who are like the rock gods of the 80s is pop music now kiss is pop music mm -hmm. poison is pop music and I mean, we can go on and on about how Beatles are a pop band, like a yes. thousand percent. Yes. But I mean, without these pop people, you don't get your subgenre people. When I found out that like Kurt Cobain was so definitive of him wanting to layer his voice on top of himself, himself. in production and everyone in like the 90s grunge punk scene was like no that's inauthentic and he literally like you know legend has it that he said if it's good enough for john lennon it's good enough for me like alternative rock was the pop music of the 90s and it's crazy to think like think no one's gonna jam. say no one's gonna say metallica pearl jam uh nirvana uh you know Soundgarden. sound like our, our pop music absolutely not i'm not saying they're pop music but they're popular yeah and that has to be worth something yeah. So it's incredible that they're still charting. I think that's wild. But like, I mean, like, if you can count Cardi B, who is mm -hmm. a rapper, as the pop music of now, Jeremy probably was the pop song of the time in the 90s. Yes. Like, even though the sound was very different. But there was also a point in, like, the mid-2000s when, like, we weren't quite sure what was going to be music. And then, you know, Green Day just made the 
most popular album of all time. American and Idiot, like yeah. they were a punk band from the Bay Area that made an anti-America album. Shout out to Berkeley. Totally. And if you ever get a chance to go to like the uh, the punk venues in Berkeley, you should absolutely do it. But, Let's go Oakland. <laughs> but that what like your mom and like your cool friend all loved Green Day. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. And like Green Day dropped, can, like they had a peak. And yes, they they just dropped a new album, by the way. I'm sure. Um, they it's like Green Day picked up where Nirvana kind of left off. Yeah, in a lot of sense. It really kind of, I think with pop music too, and yes, pop punk, 100%. Oh, yeah. Feeds off nostalgia, 100%. Think about Fall Out Boy. Yeah, my my boys. Your boys, exactly. And their whole sound is off of this, gosh, remember from under the cork tree, you know? They've built it off that. Dance, dance, sugar, we're going down. I mean, there definitely is the sense of like, People, I mean, as someone who still continuously is listening to like new pop pack pop punk bands, there is definitely like, you know, you can put on neck deep and a lot of people in the scene will know it, but the moment you play uh Motion City soundtrack, the room shakes. Yes. <laughs> like it's Absolutely. all of it's all about like the songs you knew in middle school when pop punk was pop music. Yes. And I was explaining to my my mom this a little while ago in that how much influence the producers have on things like that. Yeah. And there was an interview on Sunday morning with the Chicks, a.k.a. the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Uh, talking about how Jack Antonoff My guy. produced their album. And she's like, who's Jack Antonoff? I'm like, oh, buckle up. Because <laughs> his discography page on Wikipedia it's crazy. is insane. Aside from fun, which they, I think they won I two Grammys. I think you can Grammys. exclude fun. It's like a footnote. Now yes. in in his life, but I mean, I he won. I want to say off the top of my head, two Grammys with Fun, yes. and other than that, he has won no Grammys as an artist, if I am remembering correctly. I believe he won for producing 1989. So that was my comment: is that as an artist himself, all of his Grammys are production Grammys. This is fair. Yes. Yeah, the way Diplo is the way Timbaland is the way Rick Rubin is the like God, the way Pharrell so is People like have no idea how many songs Rick Rubin has produced Rick Rubin taking an ACDC line like guitar riff and putting it in a Jay-Z track <laughs> to make 99 problems changed music <laughs> like yeah, if you don't realize that that little track yeah is Rick Rubin's idea and it's from ACDC. One of my all-time favorite, like, in the studio videos is Jay-Z listening to the... Like, in the very beginning of 99 Problems for the first time. And he was like, this is nuts. Like, what is this? Like, you totally took this song, blah, blah, blah. Well, and, like, <laughs> you still see that kind of stuff today. And it kind of comes back to what we talked about earlier, that everything's nostalgic. Everything feeds off of previous generations. Yeah. Like, everyone draws... From that, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, ACDC has had a huge impact on everybody. Back to Black album is incredible and still deserves all the accolades it gets because yeah, and always will be you know one of the best albums of all time, and no one can really dispute that. Yeah, and if we're gonna bring it back to pop music, yeah, everybody's gonna be influenced by these patterns and these rhyme schemes that was established in the '60s and '70s. It's so incredible to see that it's still living today and people still find a way to twist and be original with it. Totally. So we were talking about like nostalgia and and things like that. And like the nostalgia, of course, of like the songs in the early 2000s and like the the 90s and whatnot, you know, called back to the 60s, 70s, 80s and, and things like that. But now our nostalgia, because it is 2020, is going to be the 90s oh God. and things like that. So we were talking about Folklore, the new Taylor Swift album, and I believe the song is called Mad Woman. Yes. The, the mu- like, it is like two notes different from Mad, Mad World. Mm-hmm. Like that, and I'm. Oh, I just made that connection. <laughs> I, I played Mad World in my head. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. How yeah. did I not catch that? I like kept listening because i was like oh wow like why does this sound so familiar gosh and i haven't listened to much mad woman since like my first initial 
burst of you know yeah. listening to it four times through. I need to go back and listen to it. Yeah, again. it definitely is the piano chords from Mad World, so just awesome. slightly skewed differently. That's so awesome. But it like we as people love familiarity. That is why if you take under pressure but make it ice ice baby you're gonna automatically have a connection to that song before you really even hear it it's almost like a guessing game like oh is it under pressure or is it ice ice baby (laughs) yes we need to give credit to those ears to those that can give the 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 samples yeah like yay can do uh like you just mentioned taylor can do in mad woman and with folklore and she's been doing with her all of her lyrics yeah but um paying homage if you will to the prior generation yeah something that is very popular right now and is actually something i wanted to ask you about is that pop music through reggaeton has always been popular i can go for another hour if you need me to so my question to you is I mean, we're all subjected to like what our parents bring us, but yes. would you say that your mother being Latina influenced your love of pop music? 100%. It was normalized. And we were an album family. We always were. Yeah. When we went to the mall, we always stopped at Virgin Records. <laughs> and Wow, RIP. I know. <laughs> um, and we, we Saturday mornings were for cleaning, and then we can do whatever the hell we wanted. Uh, yep. Music was always playing. Mm-hmm. And it was always, you know, Celia Cruz, uh, Selena. Yeah. I mean, Selena's a queen. You Rest can't talk peace. about pop music without mentioning Selena. Like, exactly. She Not only was she popular in Mexico, she was popular in America in another language. Yeah. Again, going back to BTS and Korean. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Shout out to Corpus Christi. Lived there for last summer. <laughs> the Selena Memorial is beautiful. I actually lived three blocks from her final resting place. Yeah. And, and her story is, you know, oh my so God. tragic and it's, crazy. It's insane, and, but like the music will live forever. Yeah. And the, uh, the Astrodome performance uh, for the rodeo, for mm-hmm. the Houston rodeo. Yes. Again, I'm a Texan. Y'all don't realize the Houston rodeo is Coachella for Texas. I, I believe that. It's <laughs> the biggest event for a Texan to perform at. Yeah. And it is an honor. So with her bringing the roof down at the Astrodome was awesome. But anyway, but yes, being influenced by a Latin mother and with what reggaeton is doing now, I actually got to introduce my mother to reggaeton. So me with my background in baseball, obviously a lot of baseball players are from the Dominican and from Cuba and from the Puerto Rico. And like I got I got to be introduced to uh, Osuna and Bad Bunny and. Uh, Daddy Yankee, way earlier than everybody else. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that in like in a hipster way. No, totally. But I had this advantage of, yeah, Ozuna's going to drop this incredible album, you know, in a couple months. I would say that like you and Brianna and Marisol knew the OG Despacito. Yeah, Luis Fonsi. Way Fonsi before. Fonsi was dropping <laughs> hits in Puerto Rico. And it is so, that was the Old Town Road of that year. It was. Is that, like, you take this thing that is undeniably good and then put Bieber in it and then make it just, like, a little bit more digestible for the American audience and you could sell a billion albums. And let me let me also, with Despacito, tell folks, you've probably heard Havana by Camila Cabello. Very good. With Young Thug. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah good, little, good little fun pop song. Go listen to the Daddy Venki remix in Spanish, and you will never want to listen to the English version again. It is so good, and Daddy Yankee's verse is so much fun, you will not stop dancing. Yeah. But to reggaeton and pop music in America, Bad Bunny is charting. The biggest, the most important feature you can get right now is Bad Bunny. Like, it's <laughs> insane to think about. Like, Bad Bunny is dominating it. Um, J Balvin yeah. is so much fun. Like, my cousin, my youngest sister's godmother, uh, was all in on J Balvin and Ozuna, and they got, she helped me out get with them. And when um, Mi Gente dropped mm-hmm. a couple summers ago, she was on it. Like, she's like, Dom, this is going to be a huge You got to hear it. And then, a couple months later, Beyonce hops on it. Yeah. And then everybody found out. Yeah. But, like... God, mi gente, and um. But I mean, like, yeah. s- uh, like Selena Gomez 
has had them. They have their influences. Cardi B has yes. had them. Like the Taki Taki with with Balvin, yeah. Fucking Drake has had the, like everyone. MIA with Ozuna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone is looking to reggaeton right now as the feature. Where I feel like a couple years ago we were all everyone was looking to like a, a a rapper or a hip hop artist for a feature. Yeah, you needed to have that feature from shoot, who would have been a good candidate for that. Um, like uh, I, the first song that came to my mind was Akon and, and Eminem with Smack That. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, Eminem you, doesn't do many features, but like that's one that definitely pops out. It's very like, good. Eminem's on it. It has credibility now. You yeah, know, it's like totally. It's it's wild to think about that, but yes, I do agree with that. That having Bad Bunny hop on your track is only going to be good for you. Yeah, and because you've only going to have oh, it's just it's, it's an amazing to think that that album is still charting it's fantastic and maybe the least popular single is getting the most traction in yo parero sola and god it's so much fun i just love that whole album but i feel like you know seven eight years ago it was if you could get the chain smokers if you could get any sort of like if you could get a vici a vici yeah any sort of like edm dj your song, your pop song was on a whole new level. Think about... And now that is the norm, I feel. And it's still very fun. I mean, whatever. But like now it is, if you can make it reggaeton, now it's the new thing. Because Diplo, your boy, he's now crossing over into country. Yes. He's, with Morgan Whalen and Kane Brown. Yeah. And dropping these incredible songs that people are loving. And it's just like, look, people like mashups. Yeah. This is pop music. Sure, you may say it's EDM-infused country. It's pop. Yeah. It's pop. It is. Because you can listen to it over and over again and know every word and understand it. Yeah. Being in the music scene that I'm in between pop punk and indie rock and things like that, like, you know a band has really made it when all of a sudden there are, like, three light changes in a in a concert. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Look at that. We've got set design, guys. Correct. And then I think I saw Taylor Swift and Katy Perry in the same year, maybe 2014 or 2015. I was going to say, yeah. And I was like, there is like theatrical sets that that's, move through. That's the Red through. Album, right? Yeah. There is so much stage production that goes on in a pop show. You are going, yeah. and people say this for... Justin Timberlake all the time, like you're going for the music, but you're going for the show. The entertainment. Yes. In that I think pop music, more so than others, are entertainers. Yes. It'll entertainers be first. That way. And pop was the genre that the record label felt like, hey, you're gonna dominate this. Yeah. You know, you get a reputation that you're good live, people are gonna shell out the cash to see you. Totally. And you, you think about like, what's happened to country that you have to see your favorite country artist at a festival. That ain't right. Yeah. Pop music, you don't have to do that. I was like, auction or a festival. It's like <laughs> the only way you're going to see a Yeah, a an outdoor artist. amphitheater or country thunder. It's all you're getting. You yeah. Know? So, or but, you're going to get like the Kenny Chesneys that are the at stadium tours. Stadium tours. Right. But that's yeah. Kenny Chesney. That's a whole different level. Yeah. He has his own radio station on Sirius XM, which <laughs> is in my regular rotation. By yeah. Way. I've been to four Kenny Chesney concerts. <laughs> no Shoes Radio. Shout out. Uh, big fan of No Shoes Radio. Um, but to your point about performing and the concert aspect of it, I think that's where the pull really comes in aside from other genres and that pop music's point is to get you to go see them live, to yeah. get you to see a live performance. They're not trying to hide them anymore, I think. I yeah. think it's not this lip sync era of the late 90s, early 2000s where we're just going to dance and you're going to love it. No, like we're, I'm going to dance and run and sing and jump up over stages and fly on top of you all while holding a microphone. Yeah. That, I think that's incredible in that artists have brought their game to a whole new level and we need to appreciate that as that happens. When I saw Gaga play in 2013 on the Born This Way tour, I had to really think about it. Incredible. There, I think it was like two songs in and she said something like, I, he I keep seeing things on the internet that I lip sync at my concerts 
well and then like the music cuts and she does like a mariah carey style run all the way up and all the way back down in her in her vocal range and she's like you can't record that and then just like hit into the next song but i feel like there is an authenticity that is demanded of pop music now yeah i agree in that the fans the stands you you want you want it yeah and Quite frankly, I think the artists want to deliver it. Yeah, I think so too. Amen to that. Yeah. So I was rounded out by asking my guests if they feel guilty about this guilty pleasure. Zero percent. Like, and look, I'm going to go down to a big league clubhouse or, you know, a minor league clubhouse, whatever. Someone's going to inevitably ask me, like, listen to Taylor Swift? Like, yeah, and? So what? Shake it it off is fun. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, 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 I mean, I listen to any music. Literally, I will listen to any music. I don't get why that's a bad thing. Expanding your horizons is a good thing. You, no one says you have to like it. No one says that. It's up to your interpretation. It's subjective. I am not, you know, ashamed of my indulgence in pop music. I am not ashamed that, you know, I love every new track that comes out. I'm on it. Like when Folklore was announced or when Harry Styles' Fine Line was announced, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it, it's not a bad thing to like music. I don't get why that became such a bad thing all of a sudden. Yeah. Who cares if it's pop, if it's opera, if it's reggaeton? It, it's your music. You enjoy it. You're allowed to release these endorphins and have a good time. As long as it's good. It, it's always good. Yeah. Because you'll well, have a good time. I have a uh, Portuguese David Bowie cover album to send you that is one of my favorite albums. So you will love it because it is objectively good music. Well, thank you, Dom, for coming on my podcast and talking about pop music. And uh, I can't wait for the future of pop. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, keep listening to Discover Weekly, folks. It's really worth it. I promise you'll find some great stuff. Yeah, it's really fun.